Thank you for listening to the Coal Mine Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas, and it is late March 2022. The music you heard to start this episode was from a Japanese traditional kabuki drama. In a kabuki performance, highly trained performers use elaborate makeup and costumes to entertain their audience, who in turn is well-steeped in kabuki lore and watches and understands every small detail. Here in the U.S., the retirement of Justice Stephen Breyer and the nomination of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson as his potential replacement has started our American political version of a kabuki play, continuing a largely predictable performance and audience reaction. That drama, such as it is, has climaxed this week with the confirmation hearings for Judge Jackson, perhaps more accurately called a series of mini-speeches by members of the Judiciary Committee. This episode poses the question, is this really the best we can do? Our society surely is capable of thinking more creatively about the process we have for ending a Supreme Court justice's term. As outlandish as the idea may sound at first, I propose that introducing some random chance into the process may be just what's needed to salvage the process from its current predictability. I present that idea more tongue-in-cheek than as an actual policy recommendation, but I hope that by considering it, we can gain some insight on how we can develop and move a little bit away from the current kabuki play in which we all now find ourselves. Today's Supreme Court selection process starts with a justice's personal judgment about his or her health evaluated in the context of the background political landscape. Based on the results of that judgment, one of two stylized kabuki-type dramas then unfolds. One is boring, the other ghoulish. The boring drama unfolds that the justice guesses correctly. He or she is then replaced with someone of the same general judicial philosophy. The non-drama currently going on about Justice Breyer's seat is in this vein. A stylized pageant of hearings and speeches and ceremonies has followed with likely little practical impact other than filling a centrist liberal judge's seat with another similarly liberal judge. Public interest will likely tend to be superficial. Most voters will have concluded, probably correctly, that this appointment doesn't really matter for the overall structure and makeup of the Supreme Court. The second option, the ghoulish drama, takes place if the justice guesses incorrectly. The opposing political party then seizes the chance to fill the vacancy with someone holding a different judicial philosophy. We recently saw this drama unfold after the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, when Senate Republicans raced the nomination of now Justice Amy Comey Barrett to the confirmation process at record speed. We even heard a brief bit of this at the beginning of the current confirmation hearings when Justice Clarence Thomas was hospitalized with flu-like symptoms. Nobody other than the successful participants in these two dramas really likes either of them. To be sure, Article Three of the Constitution guarantees that Supreme Court justices serve for life, as do all federal judges, and that guarantee of life tenure has served the country well over the years. But no matter how beneficial that guarantee may be, it is at some level inherently anti-democratic, and the current process in particular has functionally become a wager on how a justice has evaluated the actuarial tables that apply to his or her remaining life. It is democratic only in the sense that one of the two political parties will inevitably benefit, depending on how that justice's wager actually turns out. This brutally honest and practical assessment of the current process leads naturally to a question. What if we made the wager more interesting and thus more relevant to the people served by the court? Put another way, instead of stylized drama driven largely by health guesses made by elderly justices about their own situations, 
we move directly to some meaningful debate about the substance of potential appointments and their impact on the court. Let's imagine. Assume for a moment you could construct a completely trustworthy random number generator. Imagine that once a year for each justice who has served beyond a specified length, say 15 years, that generator would roll for a 1 in 5 chance that the justice's term would end within another 12 months. You could easily build on that and imagine a more elaborate system that could include more justices or more nuance about the base term length, whatever time interval was acceptable, and so forth. The result, and again, assuming the political acceptability of our imaginary generator, would be a debate about the replacement for that justice. But critically, different from what we have now, that debate would begin at a time and under background conditions that are beyond the control of both that justice and the political parties. In other words, it would bring to an end the current practice of essentially placing a wager on the actuarial tables about a justice. Of course, the construction of such a machine may be entirely imaginary. It may well be politically impossible. The COVID-19 pandemic produced bitter debates about masks and vaccination policy that reveal deep distrust about perceived scientific elitism. And any serious use of such a device would require amendments to Article III's present guarantee of life tenure. And that, of course, would require the most serious scrutiny, given how important that guarantee of lifetime service is to our country's independent judiciary and how well it has served us over the years. That said, while adding an element of random chance to judicial selection would certainly be a novel action, it is important to note that randomness is an integral part of federal court operations in another important setting. The federal circuit courts routinely conduct most of their business in three-judge panels that are composed randomly at the start of a court term and then receive case assignments at random from the court clerk as the term progresses. That process has operated for many years with no serious public opposition or operational challenges. Of course, that successful record does not mean that random chance could just be moved over to the selection process without considerable political discussion, perhaps pushback. But it does suggest that the general concept is not as completely radical as it may first appear. As Donald Rumsfeld said about the military, you go to war with the army you have, not the army you might want. Our present society begins the selection of Supreme Court justices with the process that actually has. And the fact is, that process has become at best uninteresting to most people, and at worst downright macabre when it devolves into a sort of bet about how long someone's going to live. The current proceedings to replace Justice Breyer is brought to a head by the ongoing confirmation hearings for Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson should serve as a wake-up call for us to creatively review and revitalize the justice selection process. I don't seriously suggest that we roll dice to decide who should serve on the United States Supreme Court, but I do believe that by considering that kind of outside-of-the-box option, it may help us gain the perspective that we'll need to develop some new habits and practices for when we inevitably face the next vacancy and the next selection process in years ahead. In this episode of Coal Mind, I examined the stylized kabuki play that our country's Supreme Court selection process has become, and considered somewhat tongue-in-cheek whether introducing some randomness into the process could revitalize our national discussion about this important issue. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to give some thought to the Supreme Court nomination process after the current nomination concludes and consider what creative additions and insights we might be able to add to make it more compelling to voters and citizens.
For upcoming episodes, I expect to continue interviewing other notable voices from around Texas and the country, and later this spring, I'm looking forward to reviewing the widely anticipated Supreme Court opinion in the Dobbs case from our Fifth Circuit here about the continuing viability of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. You can subscribe to this podcast on any of the main directories, and if you enjoyed it, I encourage you to join other happy listeners and leave a kind five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon. (laughs) 